Welcome to the first series in English of the Discover Freedom podcast. I am so excited to kick off this first podcast series in English with my special guest, Steph Baron Hall. Steph is an India Type 3 and the force behind Nine Types Company, as well as other projects that you will hear more about in this interview. The conversation was especially fun for me because both my husband, Daniel, and my daughter, Michelle, are also Type 3s. The Type 3 is our true motivator. They are self-assured, competent, diplomatic, and driven by goals. If you know a Type 3 or have ever met one, you were probably charmed in an instant by their confident energy and attractive demeanor. Because of their ambition, they can also be competitive, status conscious, and have problems with workaholism. At their best, though, they are capable of dreaming the biggest dreams, casting life-changing vision, and helping others reach their full potential. Listen as we break down some of the key aspects of the Enneagram as they pertain to the motivator. You will love hearing Steph's transparency while talking about both the strengths and struggles of a Type 3. Steph, thank you so much for being here with me today on the podcast. I'm really for having me. excited to talk with you. Um, first, I want to just let you tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Um, so I'm Steph Baron Hall, and um, I am the owner of Nine Types Co., which is um, started actually as a way to sell Enneagram mugs and merchandise yeah. and has quickly become... Um, just a community on Instagram where people can learn about themselves and grow and connect with others. So um, that's kind of the concept behind my Instagram account. Yeah. And um, I'm a type three. I am a certified Enneagram coach and I'm also getting a master's in organizational communication. Okay. So um, those two ideas kind of fused together for me. I years ago, well, actually since college, I guess, since my undergrad, I've been wanting to do use personality assessments for team development. So okay. that's kind of the trajectory I'm on. Right. Cool. Very cool. And so you live in California. Yep. I live in Northern California. Okay. And you are married. Uh-huh. So I'm married to my husband, Brandon. And um, it's so funny because he actually is in marketing and design and things like that. So okay. people always think that he creates all the graphics for me, but I don't <laughs> myself. <laughs> That's good to know. <laughs> yeah. And then we have um, a dog who's okay. very cute. He's um, pictures. Yeah. Yeah. So he, it's so funny. In 2018, we fostered okay. six different dogs wow. at, consecutively, not at the same time. Right, right. And <laughs> So Cannon was our little foster fail, meaning um, we were fostering him and kept him. Okay. Wow. Because you fell in love with him or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he's a cattle dog, an Australian cattle dog. Um, okay. And he has all those great cattle dog traits, but he doesn't have the energy. So he's kind of a cow. Okay. Potato. Oh, there you go. My kind of dog. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's Great. Awesome. Very cool. Okay. Well, I want to know too, how you discovered the Enneagram. Like how did that journey start for you? Yeah. So, um, like I mentioned, I've always been in, interested in personality assessments, even in college. That's kind of why I studied psychology for undergrad. Um, so a few years ago I was working as a manager in a day program for adults with developmental disabilities. And we just had really great personal and professional development opportunities. Okay. Um, within our organization and we use something called total SDI, 
So I was taught that by an HR consultant and um, it's another motivation-based assessment. And so what I kind of realized is I loved how it's so motivation-based. So during that same time, my husband, of course, was like, noticing how interested I was in this thing. And so he was like, well, you might like this thing called the Enneagram because he'd heard about it. Okay. And so that's kind of how it all began between my husband and my sister actually um, got me interested. And that was 2015 that I first learned about it. And um, then I just like took it to the next level and got really, really interested. Right. Cool. Very cool. And like you said, you're a type three. Before we talk about Mm -hmm. a type three, what type is your husband? Type eight. Type mm-hmm. eight. Okay. Yeah. All right. I love talking about the combinations too. It's so fun. <laughs> yeah. A lot of, lot of uh, aggressive energy. And, I was going to um, say a lot of energy in that house. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of interesting because if you hear Suzanne Stabile talk about aggressive types, mm-hmm. she talks about how they frame or reframe reality to fit what will work for them best. Right. And so it's really interesting to have two people in the same house that both wake up every morning reframing their entire day to fit the reality that serves them best Wow! and to see how that interacts. We both work from home. We're both here, you know, all the time. And, um, so just to see how like those different realities kind of clash or don't sometimes. Um, right. Yeah. Very fun. So talk to me more about being a three. Can you tell me in your words, how you would describe being a three and what that looks like for you? Yeah. So I, I think of threes as finding their worth and their value and productivity. Mm. Um, Often I think it's so focused on success, but I find that with a lot of threes that doesn't necessarily resonate. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And and with me, I think, I think success does resonate to an extent. Um, When I first read, I very first took a test, which is not how I recommend people finding their type of course now, but um, (laughs) when I very first took a test, I was like, I saw that I got the achiever and I was like, yes, I won (laughs) because I think that there's something in me that wants to be a high achiever and has spent a life, um, kind of seeing what's impossible and trying to conquer it. Right. Um, and, but I think like the more I've learned the Enneagram, the more I've found that what's underneath that for me is, um, a desire to stay productive to stay efficient, um, to stay busy. Um, because I think what I've learned is that in a lot of ways, I'm not sure what would happen if I didn't stay productive and efficient Mm -hmm. and busy. Right. Um, a number of years ago, I, uh, you know, I I guess here's the thing about being a three is that you always have your full-time job, right? Whatever that is. Right. And then there's always something else, another project that you've got going on. Yes. So, um, a few years ago I was like, you know what? I want to be a wedding florist. So I had my full-time job and I literally started a business where on the weekends I would do wedding florals. Okay. And the weekdays Uh I would do my regular job. Right. Um, And then, you know, I, I kind of burned myself out doing that. And after a little while I was like, okay. And my husband and I, we kind of came to that decision together to to kind of step away from that after like three, four years of of doing it, you know, 18 events and like working full time. It's just, it's a lot. It's a lot of weekends. So, um, 
And then after that, I was like, well, what am I going to do now? You know, I started being stir crazy. I started feeling that, that drive. Um, and I was like, I'm going to run a half marathon, uh. <laughs> which at the time I could only run a mile. So a half marathon was <laughs> a pretty great. big goal. Um, and, and these different things. And I started grad school and all these different things. And, I, and what I started realizing was that that drive for productivity was not as much about being productive maybe as it was about avoiding something else Mm. um and finding it difficult to rest um but i only saw that in hindsight right (laughs) that usually happens no and i laughed at these things because i think i mentioned to you before both my husband and my oldest my 16 year old daughter are threes okay yeah so so it's my reality too we been married now for 20 years and so it just never ceases to amaze me how many new projects and ideas like flow out of this type three mind and um yeah like right now we just moved back to Virginia and so we're back in a place we lived before but kind of starting life new and he's like what am I going to do in my free time so he's now decided he's a carpenter and so he's building furniture and, and selling it for him. Yes. And so now he has to sell it. And now he has <laughs> my son's building furniture and their first projects that they're going to sell. <laughs> and of yeah. course he's out there saying it's relaxing to him and he's listening to podcasts or he's always like adding things on it. So he's feeling productive, but yeah, it, I totally, I listen to you and I get that. It's, it's great. It's great. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting because, um, I'm curious, does your husband or your daughter, do they have any hobbies that aren't a business? Uh, Yes. My husband kind of leans more to a a four wing and he's a musician. Cool. So yeah. So he will sit down and and play his guitar. Uh, My daughter's still kind of discovering those things, but of course the things that she leans towards are, she wants to like, she's going to do a podcast and she's wanting to write a book. And so (laughs) Yeah. So it's definitely, yeah. it's always something that's like big and, and that, that they can put out in the world. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It is really interesting. The only reason I ask that is because that's been something that like, I find that I'm a very creative person, but I honestly have a hard time figuring out any hobbies mm. because I mean, the Enneagram learning the Enneagram was a hobby for me. Right. And then it became my business. <laughs> um, right. Yeah. I can totally see that. For sure. So let's talk about motivations because of course, as we both know, that's really the important part of the Enneagram and what differentiates it from other personality Mm -hmm. tests. And so as a type three, I know that you guys are motivated by impressing, by feeling value, uh, by doing those big things because that's where you find that importance and that worth. Mm -hmm. Can you talk to me a little bit about that? Yeah. I mean, I think it is, it's something that I definitely wrestle with because I think that, I think sometimes people, um, when they talk about threes, they're like, oh, I would love to be a three. You're so productive. But sometimes it's like, oh, it actually kind of, it's hard sometimes Yeah. because it's like when your um, motivation is so focused and centered on what value you bring to the world and how others um, perceive that value, it it kind of can get isolating and it it can feel like tiring, you know? Yeah, I'm sure. And so, yeah, I think it's been really interesting doing Enneagram work because um, 
especially like last year. So I started my Instagram 2017, but I really started posting about the Enneagram January, 2019. Okay. And so as my account grew, I got like, it was really motivating, right? Because it right. was like, people were following it. People were saying nice things, all these things. And as that grew, um, there was this other thing about um, people being really critical mm. of me and of what I was putting out in the world. Right. And that was crushing at first mm. um, because I had placed all of my value in what, how valuable people thought my work was. Right. You know, because that's, that's like that motivation piece is um, that's like what's driving it. And, um, and that was really, really hard. And I think in a lot of ways though, I, it's been a really growing experience to be able to like pull that energy that I was giving to all those little critics. Yes. <laughs> uh, to pull that energy back into myself and um, just take it in stride. Right. Not that I do that perfectly. Sometimes I still get bummed out or like annoyed. I'm like, yeah. who the heck are you to say that? <laughs> of course. <laughs> but it's also just like um, finding some sort of motivation that's more internal. Yeah um, has been a major point of growth for me, I think. And asking myself kind of that question, like if no one else noticed this, what would be the purpose of doing this type of work? Yeah. Um, and kind of recentering in a way, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know if that totally answers your motivation question. I guess I'm still kind of thinking through the question, but, um, right. yeah, I think that's a big part of it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, I think that that's important too, for other people to understand, because I, when people discover the Enneagram, as you probably have seen with people that you work with, people want to focus on the outward behavior. Right. And people mistype themselves so often because of that. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. so having people understand that that's the most important thing to look at those core desires, the motivations, the fears that you deal with. Um, because a lot of us share as a one, I share some things with you as a type three. We're both very motivated by work and productivity and being efficient and all yeah. those things. So there's things that, that kind of mesh. But when I look at the motivations, it's very clear to me that I'm not a three, that I'm very much a one. And so that helps people to understand that. Um, yeah. What wing do you identify with most? You know, I, for a long time, have identified with a four wing. And I for a really long time, for about two years when I first learned the Enneagram, I couldn't figure out if I was a three or a four. Okay. Um, now I, I feel like I see more of a two wing as well. Uh-huh. Um, maybe that's just the nature of being in a helping space. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I think definitely more with the four of like, well, okay, so here's something about Enneagram. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up in a very like um, evangelical household. Uh -huh. Went to that type of university as well for undergrad. And um, one of the things that's really prized in that type of environment is vulnerability, right? So um, because I am that three chameleon shapeshifter, like I'm able to like tap into what other people expect of me and form into it. Right. Um, I got really good at being vulnerable. Okay. <laughs> and so for a long time, I was like, is that the four, uh -huh. you know, like, am yeah. I a four? Right. Or is that me shape-shifting to fit what I think I need to be and what means it, it means to be successful and like respected okay. in this space. Very interesting. Yeah, that's good. So then now I think like 
all that to say, like, I feel like I'm reprocessing like which wing, um, also to be honest, sometimes too, I don't fully buy into wing theory. Okay. <laughs> like, I think it can be helpful sometimes, but I think subtypes are more helpful. Right. No, so I definitely kind of like, agree with that. Yeah. And I think the thing with wings too, is it's such a, it's such a variable person to person because yeah. there are people, I have a very strong wing. And so I have to be, I think wings are, are resources. Yeah. And as a one, I have a very strong two wing, but I intentionally try to pull from my nine wing because I know that I need that to be more yeah. balanced. Um, yeah. Using another three example with my husband, he definitely is more of a four wing, but also we've also come from, uh, from an evangelical background. And so we do work with um, church planting. And mm-hmm. so he's been able to identify that when he's in that moment, he yeah. pulls from a two a lot. Yeah. But it's not his yeah. natural tendency. So it does yeah, definitely depend sense. on mm-hmm. what you're doing and where you're yeah. at. Yeah, that totally makes sense. And I think like, I mean, you mentioned that your husband is also a, um, a musician and, and, and everything. And I think when creating work um, as a three, especially I, I still, you know, I still probably am more of a three wing four, but like, it's super, super important to me that it feels like authentic to who I am. Yeah. Um, now, when push comes to shove, if I leave behind success or authenticity, I'm probably going to leave behind authenticity and go after success. Okay. <laughs> but, so I think that's the big difference between a three-wing four and a four-wing three, right? Yeah. But um, there was a time last year when on Instagram, I saw all these accounts getting so big and um, I was like, should I just abandon the way that I'm approaching this? Mm-hmm. Is it too like deep? <laughs> you know, should I abandon it and just like, go after what other people are doing so that I can grow. And then I was like, no. (laughs) Yeah, no. (laughs) Uh, And I didn't do that. And I'm grateful because like that wouldn't have felt like it was an expression of who I am. Right, right. Um, Yeah. Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah. There's so many different aspects. It's, but you know, it's important to look at all of them. And so, yeah. Do you talk about subtypes on your podcast? I did a little bit. I, so I've done so far one series in Spanish. Okay. So with the subtypes, what I did is if I knew there were um, specific guests on an episode that that was a big part that played, that played into how they discovered their type or how Uh they lived out their type, then yes, I didn't get into it in every episode just because I know that not everyone understands Yeah. or they don't really know how to talk about that yet. So I didn't always go there. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, okay. But it's definitely one of my favorite aspects, I think. Yeah. I mean, there's so much to it. I think even like being married to a three, so there's no lines that connect us. You know, right. a lot of couples can say, oh, we connect here because mm-hmm. that's my integration, that's his dis- disintegration or whatever. But I think our only connection would be in a subtype because we're both self preservation. Okay. And so okay. I think that's where we can find some kind of common ground. Yeah. And the way that our minds process and, yeah. um, but yeah. Well, also in your conflict resolution, right? You're in the competency. Yeah. True. Very true. Yeah. But that, that does make sense with subtypes because that can be a real challenge. Like, but, but actually subtypes, um, like if you share the same dominant instincts as your partner or spouse or whatever, um, definitely like helps a lot of the tension, I think. Yes. I think so too. Yeah. Cause when we first discovered the Enneagram, the person that walked us through like our um, results and everything, this was back 
I don't know, seven years ago, he said, so threes and ones are one of the hardest types to stay together. And I was like, oh, great. <laughs> this is not good. But, um, but yeah, so I've tried to find like where, cause we have, I mean, we've been together a long time, so you work through yeah. things, Yeah. but, um, and you kind of learn to understand each other, but I, using the Enneagram, I did find that that's probably our biggest connection there. Mm-hmm. Both come back to that subtype, which, which helps a lot. Yeah. yeah. That's really interesting too, because, um, so when my husband first found the Enneagram, he thought he was a one. Okay. And I mean, there are a lot of things I was like, I don't know if you're a one, <laughs> but he, he, I mean, it, it did really resonate. It was really helpful. It took us a long time to find his type, but okay. that's something about Enneagram work that I love is that like from, you know, each time we landed on a type for him and we thought we found his type, I learned something new about him that I didn't know before. So it didn't totally matter to me that we were going to these different types because at the end of the day, like I saw value in just understanding how different he was from me, you know? Right. Um, But we went, so we went to the Enneagram Institute and read, you know, how they break down like the types together and then um, some trouble spots. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> Types one and three are a tough combo. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I was going to say too, though, you saying that is a great point because I think the people that take the longest to find their type are the ones that get the most out of it yeah. because, you know, you work with diff- different people and people get frustrated, but I can't figure out, you know, and so just ex- under- them understanding that the more they read, the more they listen to information, the more they study and really delve into what the Enneagram is they're going to end up getting much more out of it because they took that time to do that interior work. And I think some of my favorites to work with or cases that I've had have been defining between ones and eights. And that's funny that you say the same thing about your husband. Yeah. And I've had one that thought he was a one ended up being an eight. And then another one that thought he was an eight found himself in that um, intimate sexual subtype of a one when he was like, Oh my gosh, I'm a one. I'm a one, but this is my subtype, which gives me some of those, eight behaviors. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And then I think like, um, often I think self-pres eights mm. seem more one-ish yep. Yep. and more five-ish. Yeah, exactly. Um, that, that can get really confusing too. And, and I don't know, this is like kind of getting off topic, but <laughs> I don't know if you found this, but I feel like a lot of people reach out to me and they feel like eight and five seem really, really similar, mm. like on paper. Mm-hmm which is fascinating because energetically they're opposite. Totally opposite. Yep. But like on paper, that's why I always want people to like listen to podcasts or listen to a coach or, or something, listen to the types described because when you hear it out loud, you get an entirely different dimension um, from what you get on paper. I don't know if you've heard that before though. Yeah, I have actually. I'm remembering when I did an episode with type fives, I had four type fives and I remember them, one, one of them saying that they first thought that they were an eight which it sounds so odd at first because you don't, you think those two don't really seem to, to be alike at all, but then there are these, well, of course they're also connected um, with their integration and disintegration, but, but yeah, it's so interesting that just really showing that importance of learning more and listening more. Yeah. Understanding more in depth. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And I, so my friend Vanessa on Instagram, um, her, Instagram handle is the Enneagram workshop okay. and she, um, it's so funny cause there was a little group of us for a while that are, we're all three wing floors. And so we all had like this little group message going. It was so uh-huh. fun. But 
Um, she talks about how often, this is like what you're saying earlier, often in Enneagram work, if you can't find your type, you need more information about yourself, mm. not more information about the Enneagram, right? Yeah. Of um, like delving in, into why you're motivated and what motivates you. And I actually, in typing people and in coaching people, I find that that's kind of the hardest part is because people have never been asked these questions before. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think for me, because like I mentioned earlier, I had already been working with something that was motivation focused. Mm -hmm. Um, I kind of had a, like a year under my belt of like working through that type of, um, or maybe a year and a half of, of working through that type of language. So then when I was introduced to the Enneagram, I was like, Oh, okay. Like I can understand what this is asking. Yeah. 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 It's true. It's so hard sometimes for people to answer those questions that take a lot of inner reflection. Yeah. 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 That's so good. Um, so let's talk a little bit more about the three. Mm -hmm. When you are integrating, you go to a type six and take the healthy positive Mm -hmm. characteristics of a type six, um, becoming more aware of teamwork and helping others invest in their dreams and their goals and helping those come to fruition. Um, how do you know when that's happening for you or can you give us some examples? Yeah. Um, so I'll give one example The the job I was talking about earlier, um, I was working at a day program for adults with developmental disabilities. And a lot of that work is very like justice oriented because you see so much injustice of like the way that, um, people with disabilities are cast aside in our society or not included and just like ableism and all these things. And one of the things that I learned that was so important for me, um, in that context was like, I didn't, I had always seen myself as like worth as much as I contributed in the world. Mm. And, but I didn't look at the clients there that way. I was like, Oh no, like they are worth as much or more because they're human, not because they're, um, contributing to society. And so really connecting with those ideas and, um, you know, when you talk about like, for example, like strengths finder for, you know, when you talk about that strength of belief, I think that's a very type six trait. Mm -hmm. And, um, I was able to tap into that of like, because I was devoted to this cause and, um, believed in it, I was able to, to stay there, even though there wasn't really another rung on the ladder to climb. Like there wasn't another promotion that I could get, but I was able to, um, connect to like that purpose of, um, believing in this cause and committing to that community. Um, and so, I mean, I still had all my three traits, but I think it was like a really healthy space for me to be really committed, um, and grounded there. Right. That's good. That's good. And so, uh, three, when going in the other direction, we have that triangle in the middle of the Enneagram, you go up to a nine and when you're under stress or not in your best, if your best, um, taking some of those characteristics of an unhealthy nine. Um, Mm -hmm. I know that that looks different for, for each three, but sometimes it has to do with just, um, a three that's typically very focused on goals, what needs to get done, being efficient, being productive, mm-hmm. can sometimes then just start focusing on a bunch of little things that have no importance or no um, like immediate need to be done or can completely just veg out. Yeah. Um, and I know that that was helpful with my husband. I just... I mean, he's always working, going 100,000 miles per hour. And then I just thought he'd be tired when I would see him like throw his hoodie on and like 
just want to check out completely mm -hmm. or not feeling well. Cause I would always tell people he never gets stressed. He's, he, he's never stressed. And so for him, I think one of the biggest things with the Enneagram was realizing, Oh my gosh, that's like, that's how I show my stress. Yeah. What does that look like for you? Um, for me, it really just looks like a total lack of motivation. A lot of the time mm -hmm. where I'm just like, hitting a wall. Like I have a massive to-do list One, my to-do list every day is way too long. Right. But I'm not setting myself up for success because right. at the end of the day, I'm like, I didn't accomplish anything. Uh, but it, it, it definitely looks like just really like not wanting to do anything, not wanting to work at all, not wanting to apply myself in any way, which is tough because, you know, I run my own business and it's just me. I have an assistant that I um, have worked for me occasionally, but for the most part, it's just me and everything relies on me getting it done. Right. And sometimes that gets really exhausting, especially because I'm also getting my master's right now and um, it, it can be really overwhelming. Yeah. And um, so it mostly looks like me just spacing out and just being like, I don't want to do anything. Yeah. And normally when that happens, my husband really, really challenges me to lean into it mm -hmm. and say, maybe your body is trying to tell you something yeah. <laughs> and, um, maybe go for a walk or get outside, take a little break and then go back to it when I'm ready. Um, right. but when I'm writing papers and I will tell you, okay, I've always loved to bake mm -hmm. <laughs> and starting from when I was very young, um, in college, I got so good at baking because anytime I had a paper due, I was like, you know what? You know what we need? We need donuts. <laughs> donuts. We need some gluten-free vegan donuts or some, you know, some other random combination of like scones or. Right. Um, and to this day, like, like I try to notice when it's like in my baking, cause I'm trying to avoid something, mm. but, um, I will do something like that where it's like, I'm just going to go bake some cookies. I need cookies to write this paper for sure. <laughs> right. And does it happen for you? Cause I know my husband always says now that when he's in those moments in the back of his mind, he knows he's going to end up getting it done. He knows it's, he knows he's going to get all those things done that he needs to do, but he just cannot motivate himself to do it in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. And it's stupid because it's like, why am I trying to just like light that fire under my butt to get it done? Like, why don't I just do it and then right. feel free uh, later? But yeah, it's like, I'll get it done. No worries. <laughs> you know? And yeah. it's so funny because people around me sometimes are like, did you get your paper done? I'm like, no, not yet. It's not due for four hours. Right. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I couldn't, I couldn't do that. That's the difference between a one and a three. Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny. Cause it's like, Oh, I got plenty of time. I got six and a half hours to write a 12 page paper. I'm golden. Wow. You know, like, and then I'm like, but I need cookies first. Right. That's great. That's so funny. So what's your favorite thing about being a three? Um, probably I like being really active and doing a lot of things okay. in a day. Mm -hmm. Um, I love that. Like I, if you had to ask me like, what's your ideal day, it would ha have like a bunch of things packed in mm -hmm. and not because, and it wouldn't be things that, um, are pro like productive necessarily. Right. Like my ideal day would start with like, I don't know, a long hike mm -hmm. and then, um, go out to lunch with friends and then do some other things. And then like, 
um, have a game night or a dinner party and like all these, you know, I, we live near Napa here, so we could go to Napa and, you know, so, and my ideal day would be packed full of things, not necessarily things that are work related or productive, but just full of people and and doing stuff. And like, I like, I like that, you know, like I like that. I feel that energy, um, to be able to get things done and to be able to pack a day full of like connecting with people and, um, doing things that energize me and are like life-giving to me. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely no one as motivating, I think as a type three. Mm. I mean, I think it's amazing how just, I watch my husband cast like vision or ideas and people just, it's like, people just jump on the bandwagon. It's like, you don't need to say another word. I'm convinced. Yeah. It's just such yeah. a power to motivate. I mean, and when it's used for good, it's, it's great. It's great. Yeah. We need that. Yeah. And I think threes get like this weird reputation for being narcissistic or for being um, like all about themselves and their own success. But most of my friends honestly are also threes. Um, and <laughs> none of us are like that. It's like, no, we want to see other people succeed. Right. And when other people tell us their, their dreams or their goals or their, their plans, we're like, oh yeah, let's make it happen. Like, yeah. let's make that happen for you. Got a plan for that. Here are your three yeah. points. This is what you need to do. <laughs> yep. Yeah. No, it's great. And that's, I mean, that's an example of being healthy as opposed to unhealthy as a type three. Yeah. Tapping into totally. that. Yeah. That's awesome. What do you think would be your greatest struggle being a type three? Um, I think that sometimes I do like end up feeling a little bit tired, like a little bit exhausted. Um, And it takes so much effort to tap into rest, not only because um, it's hard for me, but also because my calendar was planned by a three. (laughs) So like I have so much stuff I have to get done. Right. Because I've committed to it and I'm doing it and I put it out in the world. And so, um, and I, I'm always starting a business. So like, I, like I always have something to do. Yeah. So, um, I think that there's just something about it where it's just sometimes really exhausting. And I, um, I really need to, instead of allowing my, my three energy to plan my calendar to also like, and I I'm learning the skill to like forecast, like I'm going to need a break during this time. Yeah. And to say, I'm going to take a week or two off. Yeah, it's good. And it's hard. <laughs> a week or two off and not take your computer along, not take yeah. your work along. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's a, that's a hard one for, for you threes. I know for sure. Yeah. Uh, and I remembered you said something at the beginning, you asked about my husband and my daughter about hobbies. Yeah. So that kind of goes along with what you said. It's very important for a three to find something. And I, I hadn't, didn't think of it at the moment, but my husband a few years back um, found UFC. He loves UFC. And so he'll put on our shared calendar, like such and such a night is UFC night. And I know that for him, that's so important because he really does disconnect there. Yeah. It's something that he really enjoys doing. He tries to take friends along and you guys need that. You need that yeah. something that you're actually, your mind, everything is completely disconnected from that. Your work, yeah. the things that you need to get done. So that's really important. Yeah, that is really important. I'm like, now I'm thinking like, what is the thing I do? (laughs) I mean, I do a few things. I listen to a lot of true crime podcasts. Okay. Which are really fun because for me, it's just 
it has nothing to do with anything else. It's so funny. Um, My daughter introduced me to those and she's a three. I wonder if that's a three thing. She's like, mom, you have to listen to these with me. Maybe. I, I don't know. know. <laughs> I know. I, I listen to this one a lot and I try to like type the, um, the posts <laughs> of the funny. podcast. Of course. Like, I wonder what types there. But in general, actually in general, I, so somebody recently was like, let's like Enneagram type, you know, different serial killers or whatever. And I was like, oh, that's kind of fun. And then I was also like, but this is like the one area of my life where I'm not Enneagram, right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Let me just, yeah. just enjoy it. Yeah. And then yoga, of course, like. Yeah. And you said you hike. That's, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. We love to walk and hike and take our dog out and stuff like that. So it's just, um, I need to, I need that where I cannot have a screen in front of me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, really otherwise I'm working. Yeah, so. of course. Of course. Mm -hmm. What would you say is one thing or a couple things that the people that are closest to you that you need from them or that they can do to help you be your healthiest version? Mm -hmm. I think I need like connective time. Mm -hmm. Um, because that really helps me to tap into how I'm actually feeling. Cause like what I was alluding to earlier with vulnerability, um, and being a type three, what I've learned is that the type of vulnerability that I learned to exhibit is an actual vulnerability. Okay. And so I need time to be like connected with friends, whether it's going for coffee or um, going for a walk. Yeah. Um, for me in particular, like when I feel like my body is moving, then it kind of frees up some of like that heart energy and the, the mind energy so that I, um, Cause like I said, I, sometimes I do have a little too much energy and yeah. I, I just need some way to get some of that out. So I can actually tap into what's really going on. Yeah. That's um, cool. so yeah, I definitely need that, um, that space. And sometimes also just a space to like people, I don't know. Sometimes people think that like, it's not as connective mm -hmm. to talk while walking or while doing something else. But for me, like, I need that. Like I like yeah. that. And, um, yeah. and I appreciate it. So, um, that's good. That's good. Well, before we wrap up, I just want to give you an opportunity to talk a little bit more about the services that you offer. Um, yeah. Both of us were certified by the same. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, by your cool. coach. And so that's pretty cool. Um, and I'm sure, I'm sure some of the things that we offer are similar, but I know that you have your nine types company. I know that you also have a partner with another business. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Consulting. So tell us a little bit about the different things that you have going on and what you offer. Yeah. So um, the first thing that, and this is kind of recent this spring, um, is a course. So it's called From Frustrated to Flourishing, and it's intended to take people from um, a space of feeling really frustrated with um, all of their Enneagram knowledge. I mean, this is a question I get all the time. You might get it too. People are like, okay, you're telling me what's wrong with me. You're telling me, you know, all these things about my Enneagram type, but how do I change? Like I keep running into these same patterns. What do I do with that? So it's taking them from that place of frustration into flourishing okay. through using some, um, some more Enneagram knowledge, right? That's part of the course. But then the majority of it is actually um, growth practices. So there's a 28-page workbook that's a companion guide um, that goes with the course. And so you've got journal prompts and daily affirmations and, and some different practices just to help people to tap into what their type really needs to be able to grow. That's awesome. Cool. So that's my course. And um, I've been getting great feedback on it, which is awesome because I just wanted to create a space for people to 
it's literally like one-on-one coaching. It's 90 minutes of video teaching, but it's way cheaper than coaching. Right. Um, and they get to keep it forever. So yeah, that's good for them. And then, um, I also have the coaching biz activator, right? So that is with my friend, Christy rolls. And basically we kept hearing coaches say, how do you grow your business? How do you get clients? How do you do all these different things? So we teach them in, it's an, right now what we have offering offered is an eight week transformation essentially. So that we've got a segment on getting out of your own way as an entrepreneur, then practical business tips and, and skills. And then the final section is, um, coaching skills and how to like facilitate events and things like that. Right. And we're also going to be offering how to get out of your own way for entrepreneurs. So it's going to be just that first section um, specifically for entrepreneurs, not for coaches. Okay. Um, and that is going to be good for literally anyone who wants to start their business or as a leader and, and, you know, is kind of running into a wall. Right. Um, and then also I am offering, courses for remote teams. So with my master's in organizational communication, um, what I've been noticing as so many teams are going remote right now is that they are really struggling to communicate well. Yeah. And so I'm offering some courses for um, teams who work remotely to work through together so that they can understand each other a little bit better, okay. understand each other's motivations, communication styles, et cetera. Right. Very cool. And actually, Christy Rolls is going to be on the Type 6 episode. Yay! That's so awesome. Christy's great. Yeah. Um, That's great. Okay. So how can people find these services? Is the best way to go to your Instagram? Yeah. Or what would be the best way to do that? Yeah. So the best way is my Instagram, at 9typesco, all spelled out, and um, the link in my bio. Or they can go to my website, which is 9types.co. And if nothing is working and you can't find it, you can email me at hello at nine types.co. Okay, perfect. And then also, um, we heard on a recent interview that you had that you have an upcoming book. Yeah. Which is very exciting. Yeah. So a little bit about that. Sure. So the book is called Enneagram in Love, the Enneagram in Love, and it's, um, all about the different types in relationships. And so, um, it's really going to be a helpful guide for people who especially who are just learning the Enneagram or who have learned it for a while, but would like to grow in their um, communication and their relationships and things like that. So um, it will be out this summer. Great. I can't wait to get it and read it. That'll be awesome. Very good. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Yeah. And thank you again for being here with me today and um, doing this interview. My main purpose with this is to help people either be able to identify their type or to understand the typing that they've received um, yeah. and also to be able to understand others in their lives that might have yeah. a specific type. So um, I think it's great. It's exciting. You're doing a wonderful job. Keep it up. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. It was really fun. To get to know today's guest even more, you will find links to their personal accounts in the episode notes. Thank you for listening to the Discover Freedom podcast. Continue to learn more about the Enneagram by following along on Instagram at Enneagram underscore Discover Freedom. You can also find me online at www.mistyescobar.net to learn more about the coaching services that I offer. This is Misty Escobar, and I hope you'll connect with me again next week as we hear from another Enneatype.